invite you to open your Bibles to Psalm 13. To Psalm 13. And as you turn there, I've been thinking through this little dilemma. And I'm not asking for advice, okay? So I know I'm going to get emails, but I'm really not seeking advice. So it's a dilemma when it comes to tipping. All right. Um, now, I have no problem going to a full-service restaurant, and, uh, you know, they come to my table, and they take my order, and then they go fix it, and then they bring it back to my table, and they take care of me, and they're attentive, and then when I'm gone, they clear off the table, and everything's good, and so, yes, uh, by all means, uh, be generous in your, your tipping. I have not been a person who tips at fast food restaurants, okay? I've never given a tip to a McDonald's employee. I'm sorry if you, if you work there, or, or Wendy's. But I, but I have become aware of, of maybe some tipping practices in some other, in, in some other food areas. And I, I, I guess I became aware of my son Joel was working at Starbucks, and there was a, like a tipping container there by the cash register. And so out of kindness and compassion to my, to my son, I, 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 would, I would tip when I would go in and already pay for that expensive Starbucks coffee. I would tip on top of that just as a way of saying thank Because I know how much it encouraged him. At the end of the week, they, they, they split the tips. And then my, my daughter has worked at, at Handles. And I never thought of tipping someone for, for, for dipping ice cream. But out of kindness to my daughter, thank you. I've, I've, I've become more aware of, of those kinds of things. Um, <clears throat> so what I do. So here, here's every now and then Deb and I will... Uh, instead of going in and eating, say, like, for example, Bob Evans, uh, we might go online, place our order on computer so we don't want to talk with anybody. We pay for it online. I drive over to Bob Evans. I park in the spot. I go inside. I pick up the bag. I walk at, well, then it's like, okay, am I supposed to tip? I, I, you know, am, am I supposed to tip? I found that especially if you, if you, like, order ahead of time and you pay at the cash register, you know, then they put that little... That little bill over and and you know so I, I'm I don't know like you know do you tip I know I know you all have opinions on that and if you tip how much you know so I guess what I've decided is I guess I'm going to tip enough in those situations to not not be a jerk whatever that might be to be respectable okay to to be respectable anyone been there I mean uh, you know just trying to to figure this out and 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 all due respect to those of you that are in the service industries that 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 depend on tipping my my hat's off to you well what does that have to do with prayer well it has something to do with prayer and the question is like how much do you pray sometimes I think the answer is enough to be a respectable Christian I, I know that leaves it sort of like you know, like the 1%, 10%, 15%, 20, you know, 20%. Enough to be a respectable Christian, whatever we mean by respectable Christian. Which, as I thought about it, which really, in, in that kind of thinking, makes prayer more about personal respectability than real dependence on God. And so that, that got me to thinking and just sort of meditating on this this week. Why is it, why is it we so often don't approach prayer as if, we, as if we really, really depended on it? I mean, really depended on it. I think sometimes, in all honesty, I think sometimes it's because we're not convinced it really works. I mean, prayer works in church world you know church works in spiritual world it doesn't 
really work in the real world. It's doctors who heal us, not prayer. It's security forces that protect us, not prayer. It's work that puts food on the table, not prayer. Not prayer. It's vision and and strategic planning and skillful execution that brings success. Not prayer. It's, It's diligent preparation and Powerful delivery of sermons and lessons that, lessons that changes people's lives. Not prayer. It's responsible parenting that turns out good kids. Not prayer. And, and sometimes I think what happens, and, and we don't want it to happen, we... We wouldn't say that it happens, but it just seems like prayer becomes window dressing to all those other things. It's nice, but it's not necessary. Just recently, in one of my own personal times with the Lord in the morning, uh, I was was praying, and uh, in in that time I, I I prayed a request that, that I've been praying repeatedly. And I don't know why, but, but, but in that moment, that morning, I didn't say it out loud. I, I almost did, but I, I didn't say it out loud. But, but, but here's my thought. Why am I asking this anymore, Lord? You don't seem to be listening. Nothing's happening. I don't, I don't think I'm being selfish in this request. It's, it seems like it's consistent with your word and, and will, but nothing is happening at all. I'm tired of asking. I might as well stop. Because either you're not listening to me or you're just not going to do this. course I had to stop and pray about that to the Lord (laughs) have you ever felt like prayer just wasn't working for you That, that God wasn't acknowledging what you were saying that God wasn't acknowledging what you were feeling or what you were asking for and 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 have you ever been in the place just wondering why or, or wondering what, what, what's wrong? What's wrong with me that that I'm, that I'm seem to be getting no response? What, what what's wrong? I've learned as a married person that silence can put strain on a relationship. That pours out her heart to me, and and, I, and I've learned I need to say something. <laughs> I need to say something, because if I don't say anything, she's wondering, did I hear her, or does it matter to her what I just said? And and so, you know, bring this into the the world of prayer. Here I am praying, and and apparently, no response. Silence. It's hard to to process that. When When I think I'm praying his will, 
And, and it's hard to process that, especially in light of some amazing things that the scriptures say about prayer and even that Jesus said about prayer. And, and the, the silence can get frustrating and disheartening. And yes, it can, it can sort of nudge us in the direction of what's the use And soon we, we really, we stop praying. Or, or it becomes nothing more than the, you know, appease the conscience ritual or I better be a respectable Christian. And that's really about all prayer is. Sometimes, sometimes prayer can, can sort of feel like you're depending on a broken down car. I don't know how to fix it. And it just makes life a lot harder. And I'm going to either have to walk to work or arrange for someone to give me a ride. And maybe I just need to get rid of this broken down thing and go get something more efficient, something more reliable. And so we can be tempted to trade in prayer for a host of other things. David sympathized with those kinds of feelings. In fact, I think he expressed those kinds of feelings. In many places, many of his psalms, you will, you'll hear that heart cry coming from David. Psalm 13 is one of those. And listen to what, listen to what, he, what he says, this, these questions that he opens with there in verse 1. How long, O Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? He's feeling forgotten. Feeling forgotten by God. And, and at, at least as he's just think, thinking back through this, he was feeling that there was no end in sight. Is this going to go on forever? Well, what's causing this turmoil of, of, of spirit? You, you see there, look down in verse 2, he talks about, you know, how long shall my enemy be exalted over me? And then in, in, in verses 3 and 4, he, he talks about, lest I, I sleep the sleep of death, and lest my en- enemy say I have prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I'm shaken. And so there's, he, he's facing these enemies, these foes who are exalting over him, who, who are prevailing over him, who are rejoicing in his difficulty. And, and he's saying, I sleep the sleep of death. I'm shaken in all of this. As you work through the Psalms, you'll find this, you'll find often this, the, the rise of these enemies. And, and typically in those Psalms, the enemy to whom the songwriter refers is someone who hates him. Someone who is seeking to do him harm. The enemy is someone who's, who's gloating over his misfortunes. And, and what you find, you know, typically is that what the enemy hates is the songwriter's faithfulness into the, to the Lord. That's what he hates. And that's what he's seeking to, to, to work away at, chip away at. Talks about this sleeping, sleep of death. For David, I don't think it's referring there to, to, to physical death. I think it's an expression there that's broad enough to refer to, to just all kinds of situations where, where one's soul is just being overwhelmed by an enemy. Being overwhelmed from whatever it might be that's chipping away at their trust in the Lord. 
trying to do the right thing, Lord. But a host of things were against him. And you name it, because you've been there. It could be a person in your life wearing you down. It could be a circumstance that's dominating you, it's overwhelming you. Seemingly, you know, something that, that, that sort of is, is mocking your trust in God. And it can be a person or it could be a circumstance that's sort, of, that's sort of challenging your trust in the Lord, mocking your trust in the Lord, undermining your faith in him, smacking you around, maybe trying to get you to give up. So he talks about this sleeping in the sleep of death, which tells you how bad it is. You ever heard the expression, you know, when someone's really maybe in despair, I'm, I'm dying here, this thing's killing me. It, it expresses an emotional kind of death, loss of hope. Add to that turmoil what David says there in, 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 in verse, uh, the beginning of verse 2, how long must I take counsel in my soul? And have sorrow in my heart all the day. And then there in verse 3, consider and answer me. Oh Lord my God, please give me your attention. Look at what's going on here. Say something. That's what he's feeling. I, I, I ponder these things all day long. I'm trying to figure this out. I, I've searched my heart. I'm looking for answers. I've run out of answers. God, please give me your attention. Look at what I'm going through. Respond. How long? We've been there. <laughs> We've been there, are there, will be there. Sometimes it just feels like prayer doesn't work. If I could paraphrase the words of Jesus in Matthew 7, verses 7 through 11, I ask, but it's not given. I seek, but I don't find I knock, but the door stays closed. I ask for bread, and I get a stone. I ask for fish, and I get a serpent. <laughs> and, and my Father, who in heaven, who does give good things to ask to those who ask of him, doesn't seem to give me those good things when I ask. You ever felt like that? Why is it that prayer sometimes just seems to not work? Why, why does it seem that there's times we're just met with, with silence? I'm not going to give you a definitive list this morning, but I want to give you a few reflections that we can think about. It's not the final word. If I had the final word, I would be claiming to speak for God. 
and all of the, all of the mysteries of God. But let me share a couple thoughts. I think that come, really come from, from the scriptures and, and maybe can help us think through that in our own lives. So why doesn't prayer seem to work and, and, and why the silence and what's going on? A couple thoughts. Number one, maybe God is just plain saying no. I love you. I love you. But it's not going to happen. We've got to say that. Because sometimes God does that. God said, God said no to Paul. Please, Lord. Please, please, please. This difficulty, whatever, whatever that thorn in the flesh is that he talked about. Please, Lord. Please take it away. Love you, Paul. But no, I'm not going to do that. But I'll give you what you need to know I'm sufficient. I'll give you what you need to not just survive the thorn, but to thrive in the midst of it. I'll give you what you need. Jesus said no to the mother of James and John, whose name was Mary, when she came and did what any good mama would do. Hey, Jesus, give my boys the best. Give my boys the best. Those chief seats there in the kingdom. And Jesus says, um, well, you really don't know what you're requesting. You don't understand what you're asking for, Mary. And besides, those places aren't mine to give. It just it reminds me that, that we certainly, any of us are capable of asking for things that we have no idea what it is we're asking for. <laughs> it sounds fantastic, necessary to us, and God says, mm, no. No. James warns in his, in his letter, he says, you ask and you do not receive or you ask and you get no because you ask wrongly, well, what is this wrong kind of asking? He says to spend it on your passions. Fact is, we're just not the center of God's universe, which means sometimes we're going to get a big no. As much as we don't like that. Um, there are things that we can ask of God that he's, no. Here's another reason, another thing to think about. Maybe, maybe we're being met with silence. Maybe prayer is more talk than reality to you. I'm not accusing I'm just saying maybe. 
praying for you. I'll pray for you. Could actually be what we call, I think there's this language sometimes we call Christianese. (laughs) It's like things we say. Things we say. As Christians. But then we don't. James reminds us in his epistle, epistle that, that, that you may not be hearing from God because you're not talking to God. I'm not saying that that's, that's the case. I'm just saying that it, it's a possibility that, that sometimes in these, in these times when, when prayer isn't working, well, it's not working because you're really not praying. A huge world of difference between talking about prayer and actually, and actually praying. Yeah, you know, and, and and maybe maybe we're not hearing because because we're not taking time to listen. You know that that, that whole you know how much prayer the respectability thing. You know, I say a prayer on my way out the door to the next thing, and maybe maybe like. Maybe like I've walked out of the room as God was beginning to say something. Or, you know, sometimes, sometimes our, our praying can be this whole one and done kind of praying. Oh yeah, I prayed. Yeah, I, I, I did it that one time. I mean, I, isn't that enough? <laughs> Sometimes we're called to persist. And, and I'm, not, I'm not saying by, by persisting that if you persist enough, you can get God to change his mind from no to yes. That's not what we're talking about. But persistence? Staying at it? When have I humbly, passionately, pleaded with God in tears for something. I'm not saying that God's looking for works of flesh on your part. I'm not saying, you know, hey, turn on, turn on the tears and, and then maybe he'll start listening to you. That's not what I'm saying. There's just, there's just this, this expression of prayer and these experiences of prayer in Scripture where, where, where and they're not all this way, but sometimes there's, there's that times where they're, where they're pleading and, and, and they're weeping before the Lord, humbly before him. I'm not, I'm, trying, I'm not trying to persuade God as if he's reluctant. It's not about proving ourselves to God, but, it, but maybe it's more about seeing what's true about ourselves. Maybe, just maybe, maybe. I'm not as serious about prayer as I claim to be. And no one's going to know that, probably except me before the Lord. I mean, I go to the doctor, and, 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 and he asked me, I think, I think last time I was there, don't ask me when that was, but last time I was there, you know, they always ask the question about exercise, you're getting regular exercise, and my answer is yeah. And I hope he stops there and moves on to the next question. But, but usually he does want a little more information than yeah. 
you know, so he, he, he's curious to know, like, how often and, and how long and, 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 and what do I do? And, and then all of a sudden, my, my, my yes mm, doesn't sound quite so sincere. I'm, I'm sort of faced with the reality that I'm probably not exercising as much as I claim to be. And, and, and the question, by the way, on the part of the doctor is an invitation to me to change to start doing what I need to do in that capacity. And I think the same thing as this thing of prayer. Maybe prayer is more talk than reality. Okay? If, if, if that's true, it's an invitation to change that. To change that. Here's another, here's another possibility. Maybe God wants to deepen your prayer list. Now, you can say prayer life. Well, they go together. You know, I think that God's silence, seeming silence, is, it's an invitation to examine, first of all, what you're asking for, but, but second of all, why you're asking for that. I think sometimes when there's silence, you know, let me go back and look. What is it I'm asking God for, and why am I asking that of him? That's not, those aren't bad questions to be asking myself. As I'm looking at my prayer life and as I'm looking at the things I'm praying for, as I'm, as I'm, man, it just doesn't seem like, like much of anything's happening here. Let, let, me just, let me just take a look. Let me take a look at what is it, what is it that's really on my heart? What is it I'm, I'm bringing before the Lord? What is it I'm seeking from him? Let me ask you this question. What, what would be true in your life if God flat out answered every prayer you've prayed in the last six months? Like he just, he just did it all. What would be true in your life, like this morning? What would be true in your walk with the Lord? What might be true in your family? What might be true in your job situation? What might be true in your marriage? What might be true in your witness? I'm just curious. If God just like flat out did everything that was on your prayer list that you've actually prayed for, what would that look like? Uh, who, who, who's like? What what agenda do you think I, would it would it reveal? I don't know. I'm just I'm just asking. Just asking. See God's silence or seeming non-responsiveness is often an invitation to just come near to Him to get to know His heart. To, to maybe have it become a little, little clearer, what is it that's really on the heart of God? That's a good thing. Maybe, maybe there are things getting in the way of your prayers. That happens all the time. Happens all the time. I have this little device I got for Christmas last year, because I don't have... Bluetooth and all that in my, in my car. It's just I, I plug it into the, the, adapt, the 
the lighter there in my car, and tune into my radio, put my phone in there, and then I can play the music from my from my my, my iPhone. And and like if I'm going someplace, I can plug in my my Google Map and hit directions, and it's just it'll just speak to me through my system of giving my my directions. It's a great thing. So I was using it last fall down in Columbus. Uh, driving from the west side of Columbus over to the east side of Columbus to meet my son and daughter-in-law for dinner. And, and of course, just the timing, it took me right through at rush hour. Um, and so, and, and I, I, you know, I'm still sort of getting used to, to more of the, the east side of Columbus. So I plugged everything in, had the map there, had directions. So it's giving me directions. But you know what happened? The closer I got into to Columbus and all that, I was, getting, I was increasingly getting static. Uh, just the way the system works, it was it was interfering. And and honestly, at the most critical times when I really needed to hear, when I needed to hear from that phone, <laughs> it was like complete static. And it's not like in rush hour you can you know you can change your 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 radio station and your and the thing on your phone to get those to sync up. I mean, when I most needed when I most needed those directions, I couldn't hear them because of because of the static. It happens spiritually. Communication between heaven and earth can become unclear, even inaudible, because of static. Unbelief creates static. See, prayer is relational. No relationship with God, silence. It could be your prayers don't seem to be heard or answered because maybe you don't even know God through faith in Jesus Christ. Maybe you're not his child. You know the prayer God wants to hear from you? God, God, be merciful to me through Jesus Christ. Save me, I pray. That's the prayer he wants to hear from you. Unbelief is static and creates static. Unconfessed sin creates static. I mean, listen, we are, we're going to blow it. And so deal with it. Don't ignore it. Scriptures are very clear that, that, that when, you know, when, when stuff starts coming into our lives and you know, worldly stuff and sinful stuff, it, it just it sort of invades and, and, and we, we sort of begin to give in and, and get overwhelmed by it and we sort of go off on that track. It, it, it's, like, it's, like, it's like spiritual static. We're not going to hear. So we need to confess that and deal with it. Broken relationships create static, according to the scripture. Jesus talked in, in the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus talked about, about you know, here you're going to come and you're going to bring your, you're going to bring your offering to the Lord. You know, and then you're on your way down to bring the altar. And you realize, man, you've got, there, there's something between you and your brother. And Jesus says, you know what? Stop, put the offering down, go make it right with your brother, and then come to me. And Peter, Peter says that, that when things aren't right between a husband and wife, you can have some problems in your prayer life. I didn't say it. It's put in the scriptures to help us think through these things. Pride creates static. Why? Because God resists the proud. So any of these things can keep us from hearing and seeing God's confession, repentance, reconciliation. These things can clear the channels. Here's another thing to think about. You know, when God goes silent, maybe, maybe God is giving you a long answer. All right. How many of you get patient when you've asked a question and like the person that you ask the question of like goes on and on and on with their answer? And, and you're thinking, come on, can, can we get on with this? Could you please get to the point? 
Like, okay, I ask a question, like, just, just like short and sweet. Let's get right there. And sometimes God's answers are like really long. <laughs> we make a request and we sit down and, and like, okay, what is it, God? I want to hear yes, okay, but hey, yes or no. And God says, hey, why don't you sit down? Let's have a talk. And that talk can go on quite a while. Prayer can be like that. Sometimes his answers are like really long answers. <laughs> really long answers. But we can, we can treat prayer as if it's, if it's the short game. You know, it's, it's the whole thing. It's the whole way to instant gratification. You know, prayer is the, is the quarter you shove in the celestial shot, the slot machine and say, come on, Jesus. God doesn't play that way. Sometimes he gives quick answers because he can. But more often than not, we're sort of left waiting and wondering if, if he's forgotten. And, and yeah, we, we would rather like get the straight up yes or could you at least just say no. I'd rather not be wondering in silence. And the truth in all that is, is so often we don't, we don't actually see what God is doing in our circumstances. We don't always see where he's working out and, out, out and about there preparing things. And often we don't see what he's actually doing in our, in our own lives through that until we get maybe a little ways into the process or even sometimes not even until the end of the process. God's trying to work on us. He, he's trying to work on us uh, on that part of us that maybe is so inclined to feel scared, so inclined to feel in, abandoned, so inclined to feel resentful when he's silent. It's like God says, okay, let, let's work on that. Let, let's work on that together. See, God has, God has something that he is aiming you at. And you're not going to get there instantly. And, and getting there may take you through some very confusing, challenging times, even times when God goes silent in order to help you. The long answer. Maybe, maybe you need to stop trying to figure out what God is doing David there in, in, in this verse 2, how long shall I take counsel in my soul? Maybe you need to just stop trying to figure out what God is doing. And maybe you just need to let God be God and trust him. Trust him in whatever it is he, do, he is doing. Because whatever he's doing is a good thing. It is a good thing. Whether or not it looks like that, whether or not it feels like that, whether or not, whether or not it's creating these wonderful circumstances, whatever God is doing is a good thing. Another Another thought on when God goes silent. Maybe, maybe it's just your feelings are overwhelming your faith. This one is real too. I mean, there's times we, we can just literally be drowning in our feelings. We, we seem to have maybe lost our, lost our footing. You know, you can picture the body of water and you, you lose your footing. And, uh, and then sometimes the water's getting up here. Years ago in, in, in Lake Michigan, you're out there and, and uh, just in, in this one place, and there's one spot where it gets a little bit, it's, it's shallow, gets deeper, and then gets shallow. And this one little kid had, had, had sort of uh, had paddled his way out there, and, and I'm just sort of coming in, and I look over, and he just seemed to really be flailing, trying to, you know, it wasn't that far. So I just, I just went over and just, just grabbed a hold of him, you know, just t- till he could get to where he could put his feet on feet on solid ground. You know, when we feel like we're drowning, we just start all kinds of, all kinds of panic and, and flailing. And, 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 and feelings can do that. Feelings can do that to us. You know, the, the Psalms, the Psalms as a whole, they, they were not written 
specifically as theological articles on the nature of God, though they certainly describe her as the nature of God. They're poetry. And poetry is filled with emotion, which is, which is, why, which, which is why the Psalms resonate with us in, in, in difficulties. Was, was David being ignored by God? Had God forgotten David? Had God forsaken David? No. No. But David sure felt like it. So which was he going to believe? <laughs> the God that he, that he knew who had revealed himself or the, or the God according to what he was feeling? Which is he going to believe? I mean, it, it's okay to say that to God. It, it's okay to say, God, I don't understand I'm, I'm, I'm fearful about what's going on here. I, I don't know where all this is headed, and, and I don't see any way through this. It's okay. But I would say this, don't let those feelings morph into doubt. I mean, there's times in my own life, I, I, don't, I don't doubt what God can do, but my, my doubt comes in not knowing if he's going to do that for me. It's an honest struggle, but... If, if doubt begins to turn me away from trusting God, it's opening a door to disbelief, which I don't want to walk through. I don't want to walk through that door. Just because you feel abandoned doesn't mean you are. Just because God isn't coming through for you doesn't mean he doesn't care, nor does it mean walking by faith and depending on prayer are a bunch of nonsense. Affirm what is true. When God goes silent, affirm what is true, which is how this psalm ends. <laughs> Verses 5 and 6, I've trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I'll sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. He opens his song feeling abandoned by God. He ends it trusting, rejoicing in, and singing to God. So, so what, if you took, what if you took that thing that's caused you me to back away from prayer? And what if you immersed it into God's unfailing love for you? What if you immersed it into his saving grace for you? What if you immersed it into his goodness to you? You see, when God goes silent, don't believe it. Don't believe he's abandoned you and not listening and not paying attention and doesn't care and doesn't love you and isn't good. Don't believe it. He's there. In fact, Jesus is interceding for you. In fact, the Holy Spirit is in interceding for you. You're not alone. You're not abandoned. So if you're asking God, where are you? Listen, keep asking it until you know his presence because he's there. He's there. His love is steadfast. His salvation is amazing. His goodness is real. I don't know where you are this morning when it comes to prayer Listen, if prayer's not a part of your life, I urge you to try it. If you've given up on it, come back to it. And if you're a person who prays, hold on to it. Hold on to it. How long? I can't answer that question for you. I can't answer that question for me. I can't make any promises on the how long. But what I do know is this, that if you're his child by faith, he loves you. He's saved you. And he will be good to you. So trust him. Trust him. Even if he's silent.
Lord, give us that confidence in you. Unshakable confidence. Unshakable trust in you. Because of your love, because of your salvation. Oh God, please, your goodness to us. To turn to you, Lord. May we, may we turn to you. Whatever, whatever the heartache, whatever the uncertainty, whatever the fear, whatever the doubt, whatever it might be. Oh Lord God, it's there, it's real, but may our eyes be fixed upon you even as we were singing earlier. Our confidence in you. Might we, might we, we move out into, in, into life each day in that kind of confidence, even though our feelings are just, just smacking us down, leaving us wondering. Or Lord, or, or Lord even, even maybe we've gotten to the place where we've figured out how to live life without prayer. Forgive us. We want to live the dependent life on you because that's the only life that's worth living. So God, work in our hearts this morning for the one who's here who's never trusted you as Savior through the finished work of Christ on the cross. Bring them to yourself, I pray. For your child that's sort of drowning in the sea of emotion and uncertainty and whatever it might be, oh God, bring them into the comfort, the assurance of your presence. To the one who sort of figured out how to live life without prayer, convict and humble them at your feet because you are the one in whom we put our trust for you alone are worthy this we ask in the name of jesus amen we can be of help to you we're here even as we sing